Texas is known for a few things. Oil, trucks, guns, and its heavy stance on crime. Living in Texas, you feel a great sense of Texas pride. Commercials boast items to be Texan-made as a primary selling point. Local grocery chains label items as being made in Texas or simply include a bold Texas label. Texans love all things Texas, from J.J. Watt to Texas-raised meat to Texas pastimes. If you've moved to Texas from another state, the sense of state pride can be a bit overwhelming, especially around crime and punishment, specifically its stance on execution. If you do the crime in Texas, you can certainly expect to do the time, and potentially even find yourself in one of the most active execution chambers in the United States. But let's take a step back, because where there's executions, there must first be criminals. Very, very bad criminals. Texas is home to one of the most active populations of serial killers in the United States, and one of the biggest unsolved serial killer mysteries, the Texas Killing Fields. Welcome to Creep. I'm Elizabeth, and this is the first part of a multi-week special exploring the unsolved mystery of the Texas Killing Fields. I hope you'll join me as we talk about the suspects, the crimes, and the mysterious link connecting these cases. Texas may have a big ego, and much of it deserved, but as much as Texas may think it's the best, it often comes in second. It's the second largest economy of a U.S. state after California, and the second largest state size-wise following Alaska. However, when it comes to crime and punishment, Texas is second to none, boasting over 500 death penalty executions since the death penalty was reinstated in 1976. Texas has a dark and checkered history with race, incarceration, and the death penalty. The first execution on record was for piracy, or in this case, stealing from a ship. A white male, George Brown, was convicted and hung for his crime in November of 1819, when Texas was still under Spanish control. For the first 15 years of its history as a U.S. state, Texas did not incarcerate black inmates, believing them unable to be rehabilitated. Instead, black slaves were either executed if the crime was serious enough or punished by their slave master, usually being whipped or beaten into submission. In the early 1860s, the first black inmates in Texas prisons had committed only the crime of being black. They were laborers brought to support prison clothing mills. It wasn't until slaves were officially freed in June of 1865 that black criminals began to enter the general prison population. As things do, the pendulum swung hard. In 1866, 197 of 261 arriving prisoners were black, and many of them arrested and convicted of very minor crimes, such as petty theft. Yet, they were refused any leniency from the governor at the time, serving long sentences compared to white criminals. It wasn't until 1867 when federal military authorities intervened to remove Governor James W. Throckmorton that black criminals were finally beginning to be treated fairly. At this time, the majority of executions that took place in Texas were by hanging, with a very select few taking place by firing squad. In 1923, however, Texas changed its execution laws. Instead of hanging, Texas required executions be carried out by the electric chair. 
Along with that, it was decided that all executions must take place at the Texas State Penitentiary at Huntsville. Commonly referred to as the Huntsville Unit, the nondescript red prison located at Huntsville, Texas certainly doesn't look like it houses the most dangerous of Texas criminals. The nearly 55-acre facility near downtown Huntsville and I-45 is the oldest Texas state prison, opened in 1849. At a glance, you might mistake the friendly red facade as a school or even a university. But don't be fooled. Housed in the Huntsville unit is the Texas Execution Chambers, the most active execution chamber in the United States. You'll also find the Polunsky unit, or the death row for male inmates, and the Mountain View unit, or death row for female inmates. Death row inmates in Texas are no longer executed by the electric chair, fondly referred to as Old Sparky. Now retired and residing nearby at the Texas Prison Museum, just off of I-45 on the north side of Huntsville. Instead, when the death penalty was reinstated in Texas in 1976, Texas made a move to using lethal injection drugs to carry out sentences, boasting being the first place in the world to carry out a lethal injection execution in 1982. Yes, Texas can be proud to lead the way in executing its criminals. However, this also must mean it's good at manufacturing criminals bad enough to warrant a trip to the chair, or these days a needle in a gurney. Texas is also the leading state when it comes to both active and incarcerated serial killers, with nearly 800 murders connected to serial killings since 1900. It's impossible to know what it is about Texas that's so inviting. Perhaps it's the wide open spaces, the perfect mix of heat and humidity to get rid of a body quickly, or the sheer size of the state that makes it nearly impossible to catch a killer. All of this doesn't begin to explain one of the most famous Texas mysteries, the Texas Killing Fields. Texas Killing Fields refers to a stretch of land running along I-45 between Galveston and Houston. If you've ever made the drive, you know there's a long stretch of solitude in between small, scattered Texas towns. One remote piece of land where several bodies was found borders the Calder oil field and is the perfect place to commit a murder. The director of the film Texas Killing Fields commented, You could actually see the refineries that are in the south end of Leak City. You could see the I-45. But if you yelled, no one would necessarily hear you. And if you ran, there wouldn't necessarily be anywhere to go. It's a mystery that has plagued families and investigators for over three decades, with the first disappearance from the area taking place in 1971. Women have continued to disappear from the area as late as 2006, with the mystery gaining attention with bodies being discovered into 2016. Many women who disappeared along I-45 are still missing, though now considered dead, with it impossible to search the entire area for their remains. The Killing Fields secluded location with close access to a major highway is every serial killer's dream. It allows the luxury of being able to toy with your victim, usually beating and raping them before murdering them. The Killing Fields didn't attract regular killers, but serial predators that enjoyed playing with their prey. There was no running, hiding, or escaping. The Killing Fields wasn't a dump site. It was a serial killer's playground. Here's the most distressing part. Evidence points to there being multiple serial killers using the Killing Fields as their playground. 
Since the 1970s, more than 30 women and girls have gone missing in the area known as the Killing Fields. Some bodies have been discovered, others still missing. Four of the bodies were even found in close proximity to each other. Many of the bodies were never discovered because Texas has an ideal combination of heat, humidity, wildlife, and space, creating the perfect conditions for people to disappear and never be seen again. A body left in the humid Texas heat breaks down quickly. Suing animals didn't get to it first. But to the area that makes up the Texas killing fields are abandoned oil fields, not the place the average person goes for a stroll. And bodies that might be seen by passerbys are easily confused with animal carcasses. When the body of Laura Smithers was discovered by a father and son out for a walk, law enforcement initially insisted it was an animal carcass until the person that discovered it pointed out that animals don't wear socks. At that point, the body had been exposed to water and other harsh elements that made it completely unrecognizable as a person, until DNA confirmed its identity. Is it just a coincidence that multiple serial killers have all chosen the same area to murder and dump their victims? Or could there be a deadly connection? I hope you'll join us for this multi-part series as we explore every facet of the ongoing mystery surrounding the Texas killing fields. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for our next installment. A special thanks to Scott Buckley for the music used in this episode. If you're looking for great music to use for free in your next project, visit www.scottbuckley.com.au.